Welcome to The Weekly Transit, a podcast exploring the intersection of Western astrology and Jungian psychology. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth, while psychology helps us navigate both conscious and unconscious experiences. Together, these tools offer the potential for self-understanding, growth, and transformation. Join astrologer Scott Tajarian and me, psychotherapist Gabriella Durso, as we dive into the cosmic forecast each week. Welcome to the Weekly Transit. This week, December 4th through the 10th, we are going to be discussing six transits. We're going to let you know the days that these transits are occurring. These are all going to be linked in the show notes. So if you want to jump ahead to any of these transits or dates, you're more than welcome to. But just to give you a highlight and overview of what we're going to be discussing this week, we're going to start the week with the, with Venus in Scorpio, which is December 4th to the 29th. We're going to be discussing Venus in Scorpio, trying Saturn in Pisces. That's the second transit of the week that we're going to be discussing. That's December 4th through the 6th, so Monday through Wednesday. That's when that's going to be affecting you the most. We're also going to be discussing the third transit, Neptune direct in Pisces, which happens Wednesday, December 6th. We're going to be discussing the fourth transit, the sun in Sagittarius, trying Chiron retrograde in Aries. That is December 6th through the 8th, Wednesday through Friday. We're going to be discussing the fifth transit, Mercury in Capricorn, trine Jupiter retrograde in Taurus, Wednesday, December 6th through Saturday the 9th, and then the final transit of the week that we will be discussing, the sixth transit, is Venus in Scorpio opposite Jupiter retrograde in Taurus, which occurs Friday, December 8th through Sunday the 10th. Before we get started, I just wanted to make a couple of announcements for the week. Moon classes are available for enrollment. They start this week where we will be discussing the new moon in Sagittarius and the full moon in Cancer. You can enroll at theweeklytransit.com. The link will be in the show notes. I also wanted to let everyone know that I recorded a extensive look at the astrology for 2024 with the amazing psychic Delisa Hawking. Uh, many of you have maybe seen me work with her in the past. Uh, she's been so kind as to invite me onto her YouTube channel to discuss various astrological alignments for certain days. But this, what we recorded recently and is available for you to view, the link will be in the show notes. We're covering all the major transits for 2024. So if you want a head start into planning your year ahead, I highly encourage you to join Delisa and I as we discuss what is in store for 2024. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about this week. Why am I excited about this week? Tell us, why are you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I'm excited because 
Venus moves into Scorpio this week. Mm. And Venus is the goddess of love. It's the planet of relationships, the goddess of beauty. And Venus transiting into Scorpio, the fixed water sign symbolized by the scorpion, the deepest, darkest, most passionate sign, mm. brings a lot of intensity to relationships. So why would I be excited about that? That's something that maybe <laughs> scares people away. But in my thinking, this is the time to really flush things out of mm -hmm. your relationship and i use the word flush because scorpio not only rules the sexual organs but it also rules the colon and so it's really about eliminating or transforming aspects of your relationship that mm. are maybe weighing you down bogging you down so yeah. what parts of your relationship would you like to release or transform what parts of your relationship are you wanting to change it's like a relationship cleanse a relationship cleanse i love that yeah tell me more about that what do you think about that well i just think of how you know we have to cleanse all parts of our bodies mm -hmm. regularly and it's kind of like regular maintenance too when you get an oil change for your car so it makes sense that we would need to cleanse these different ways that we're relating to the world and so in this case it's relationships i love that yeah and this is uh this is an annual thing that mm -hmm. occurs you know mercury or venus and mercury but venus transits through scorpio every year mm -hmm. there's three planets that transit through every sign of the zodiac every year aside from the moon which happens every month every 28 days the sun mm -hmm. mercury and Venus, all three of those planets bring their energy to each sign every year. The last time Venus was transiting through Scorpio was October 23rd to November 16th of 2022. Hmm. The time before that was September 10th to October 7th of 2021. So think back to those dates, what was going on in your relationships mm. at that time, that will give you some insight into what could be in store for you this time around. Would you say the theme of what you're cleansing would be the same as these previous cycles? To a degree, yes. Mm. Because when Venus transits through Scorpio, it's aligning with all the planets in your chart in the same way that it would align anytime that it's transiting through Scorpio. Hmm. So it's going to hit those planets that are in water signs, earth signs, or fixed signs because the Scorpio is fixed water. So it makes strong hmm. connections to fixed signs, which are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. It mm -hmm. makes a strong alignment with the water signs which are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, and it makes strong alignments to the Earth sign because Earth and water work well together. Earth mm -hmm. gives water form, water nurtures the Earth. The Earth signs are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. What themes depends on what planets are in those signs aligning with Venus in Scorpio? Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. 
Yeah, it feels like an opportunity. Well, it reminds me of having that feeling of deja vu. Mm -hmm. Like I've been here before. Mm -hmm. I've tried to learn this lesson and now it's back again. <laughs> sort of that sensation of something being familiar. So I wonder if this is an opportunity maybe not to learn exactly the same lesson, but it's maybe it's like another chapter in the same book. Yes. Something like that. Exactly. So there ideally is a sense that you've progressed from the last time these transits took place, but there should be that sort of sense of familiarity because to your point, it's bringing up the same theme because of the way the planets are interacting. It's like a remix uh, of the same song. Uh -huh. You know, thinking about astrology as music, mm -hmm. the same melody is coming through, Venus in Scorpio. But the maybe the beat or the remix or whatever else is going on around the melody is a little different because all the other planets are in different positions from where they were last time Venus mm. was in Scorpio. That makes sense. And of course, the other person who you're in relationship with could be someone else. Exactly. Who's whatever they're contributing to the dynamic, whatever you're co-creating mm -hmm. in the relationship could be showing up a bit differently. But maybe you're having a same experience with a different person with a different person <laughs> right which like, we all know happens quite often <laughs> you're like oh wow deja vu like uh -huh. i'm with a new person and i'm dealing with the same issues as my last relationship or my, all my relationships why does this always happen to me mm -hmm. so you know like when you think about those recurrent reoccurring themes like the thing that popped up for me was like if you were born with the sun in leo then every time Venus is in Scorpio, it's going to square your sun in Leo. Mm -hmm. And a square is a challenging aspect. You know, Leo is the boldest sign. It's symbolized by the lion, the king of the jungle. Scorpio is the most vulnerable sign. It's a tiny scorpion. Like you, it, it could kill you, but you could also step on it. Mm-hmm. The lion is not vulnerable like the scorpion. So if you're a Leo sun and you're, you have this big, brash, bold energy, how can you be more vulnerable in your intimate karmic bonds? It's mm -hmm. not an easy thing for a Leo to do. Right. When you think of Aquarius, if you're an Aquarius sun and Leo and Aquarius are the two signs that, that create the most tension with Scorpio because Leo is fixed fire. Aquarius is fixed air. Hmm. Scorpio is fixed water. So they're all fixed. So they make a strong aspect to each other, but water and air don't mix and fire boils water. Water extinguishes fire. So that creates tension. Mm -hmm. When you think of Aquarius, if you're an Aquarius sign, Aquarius is the most logical sign. And that's why Aquarius people, when they talk about Aquarius, they say it's very detached because they're sticking with the facts. They're not mm -hmm. getting caught up in the emotions of things. Well, what happens when you're an Aquarius sun 
and Venus moves through Scorpio, the most passionate sign, hmm. that passion and logic create friction with each other. Mm-hmm. So just a different way of relating. Mm-hmm. So it's going to push people that have key astrological points or planets. And it's not just if you're a Leo sun or an Aquarius sun. It's if you have any planet in those signs, it's going to push you to be mm. more vulnerable in your relationships. Now, that doesn't mean that you just be vulnerable with anyone or in any circumstance, but you want to kind of key in and hone into the energy that's being exchanged mm -hmm. does the energy feel like i'm being lifted or drained right because the scorpio energy and i guess venus energy too because it requires a partner there's a co-creation so there's a merging of two things mm -hmm. you can't you know you could be vulnerable in relationship by yourself but you're not going to have that sort of alchemical transformation it requires, it's like that expression, it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. There's no tango without two. Right. You can't tango by yourself. Right. So, <laughs> so in order to create the tango, you need another person. Right. So you need oxygen and hydrogen to create water. Mm -hmm. So you're encouraging everyone to think about who you're merging with, like who are you ta doing the tango with? Do you really want to be connected with them? And then what do you need to cleanse in order to have a deeper connection that feels feels safe or feels good, pure, feels like you're being energized and lifted, mm -hmm. that you're being elevated in some way, you feel stronger, mm -hmm. you know there's something about being vulnerable with someone and still being loved and accepted, hmm. it strengthens you. If you're able to tell someone a secret and they still love you for the secret that you shared with them, if you're able to share your body with someone and they still accept you and love you for hmm. the way that you look and feel with your clothes off, if hmm. you are able to share your money with someone, let someone into your bank account and the bank account grows hmm. instead of becomes depleted. You feel stronger. That's a great example with the money piece because that's something we can probably all relate to. Exactly. I also think in terms of the, the sexual energy that intimacy in general is very much like the sexual energy or part of why it's such a vulnerable experience to engage in sex with someone is because you're they're taking on your energy and you're actually taking on theirs. Yes. There's like this cycle. I think of it a little bit of like the infinity sign mm -hmm. where your energy is flowing into them and theirs is flowing into you. Mm -hmm. So speaking of, you know, being careful who you're who you're merging with. It's because you're taking on a part of them. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's a beautiful point that you make. It's so important to recognize 
who you are exchanging energy with. Mm -hmm. Because they are going to transform you. Absolutely. And you're going to transform them. So this period, December 4th through the 29th, is an opportunity for you to deepen the bond mm -hmm. or sever the bond mm. with those that are maybe draining you. So this is a strong start for Venus's transit through Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Because when you add in this Saturn piece, Saturn is the god of wealth and time, the planet of restriction, responsibility, hard work, achievement, and authority. Mm. Wherever Saturn goes indicates where we need to work. Mm -hmm. And Saturn, since... March of 2023 has been transiting through Pisces, the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish, ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. So hmm. Pisces is the sign that represents intuition, hmm. the unconscious. So the work here with Saturn in Pisces is... Committing to doing the work to trust your intuition. Hmm. And then when you trust your intuition and things don't go the way that you thought or hoped they would, to show yourself compassion, to be empathetic to others who were involved, and to ultimately have faith that everything that you are experiencing in this moment is for your highest good, hmm. even though it may not make sense at the time and it may feel awful or bad or whatever it is. This is how we cultivate faith. And that's the work to have faith. And so you add in the Venus piece in Scorpio and it's committing to doing the work required to trust your intuition in terms of what you're receiving and giving in your partnerships. Mm-hmm. Like if your intuition says, I want to bond with this person because I feel so good when I'm around them. Hmm. Wonderful, amazing. But what is the work that is required to maintain that exchange in the bond? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm thinking about how intuition is really about your relationship with yourself, mm. which we talked a little bit about last week with the third eye chakra. Tell me more about that. Well, and I'm just, I'm noticing how this transit could be highlighting both your relationship with others and also your relationship with yourself, which is often a mirror, which mm -hmm. we've talked about. The inner reflects the outer. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a chance really to do to do the work holistically in that sense where you have an opportunity to look at your relationship with yourself, the way your inner communication, your intuition, mm -hmm. you're experiencing that and bringing compassion. And also a word that's coming up for me is forgiveness, forgiving yourself. 
Yes. So if you're forgiving yourself and you're showing yourself compassion, then your intuition is going to be stronger. I imagine I imagine so. And if your intuition is stronger, then the bonds that you're sharing or the energy that you're sharing with other people will feel cleaner or more cleansed or pure or you feel lifted. I think that the clearer we are with ourselves, the clearer we are in our relationship with others. So the Saturn in Pisces energy is maybe supporting us in gaining that unconscious mental clarity within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And through that, we are able to create a healthier dynamic in our deepest, most intimate bonds. Mm -hmm. We're able to have the clarity, I guess, of what it is we need to cleanse mm. to bring it back to that sort of ritual of cleansing. Yes. Hmm. Mm. So I think it'd be important for anyone who's listening out there to ask yourself, who are the people that I'm bonded to? Who are the people that I'm intimate with? How do I feel within this energetic exchange? Mm-hmm. Do I feel lifted? Do I feel drained? Is my bank account growing? Is it being depleted? Mm -hmm. You know, I've allowed someone into my bank account. We're sharing a bank account. Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Well, I think that's a great parallel. I love that you're bringing in the money piece because that's so tangible. Everyone understands the balance goes up, the balance goes down. Mm -hmm. But I think what we're less comfortable with is this idea of an energetic bank account. And that's where this Pisces part comes in, where all the time in relationships, we have the opportunity to be, we have the, the possibility that we have defenses coming up that are suppressing the way that we are actually relating to another person. Hmm. And these defenses can cause us to actually withhold information from ourselves and suppress it, push it back into our unconscious because there's something that's too painful for us to look at. So we, we don't have the way that you can look in your physical bank account. We, it, it takes more work for us to cultivate that kind of relationship with the energetic side mm -hmm. with the awareness of like what you you say so eloquent eloquently do you feel lifted or do you feel drained mm -hmm. and i think for some that's not necessarily an easy question right but it's easy to see what your bank account's doing exactly <laughs> yeah. yes and that's one of the things about scorpios people forget that Taurus isn't just a sign that rules money. So does Scorpio. Scorpio's how you share money, exchange money with other people. Mm -hmm. Taurus is my money. Scorpio is our money. So, and it's not just a romantic partnership either. A business partnership. Who are you in business with? Mm -hmm. And is the person that you are in business with Elevating your financial well-being or draining your financial well-being? Mm -hmm. I think where it gets complex is 
when maybe you've experienced both with that same person. Yes. Because we, you know, we're speaking about things in kind of finite terms, Mm -hmm. but we know that human relationships are anything but black and white. Yes. We have all these shades of gray Mm -hmm. and it starts to get a little sticky when maybe you've been lifted and you've been drained. Right. Because we're all so many things to one another that it's not quite that simple. So the question would be, if you're being drained now, but you were lifted previously, that's where it gets confusing because you're like, well, I can't just dump this person. I have to fix something, change something, transform something. Something Mm -hmm. needs to, something has changed. Right. Because I feel drained or my bank account is drained. So something has changed, Mm -hmm. which means in order for it to go back to the way that it was before, something needs to change again. Mm-hmm. I think of the fact that like Pluto, Pluto rules Scorpio, Pluto's Lord of the underworld. I think of Pluto as like the bringer of light, mm-hmm. bringing light to the darkness. So Venus in Scorpio is bringing light to the areas of your relationships whether it's a lover, a friend, a business partner, anyone that you feel energetically connected to, it's bringing light to these relationships in areas that had previously been in the shadows. Mm -hmm. So there's something maybe uncomfortable about this experience, these first three days of the week in particular. There's something being unearthed. There's new information coming to light. It might be uncomfortable, but I think that because they're both in water signs, it's really a gift. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for everyone listening to really focus in on your relationships Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, December 4th, 5th, and 6th, because these are the days that maybe those thoughts that you weren't aware of with regards to how you're feeling about a partner that you're bonded to are coming to the surface. So if you're paying attention, you might see something that you'd been missing previously. Mm -hmm. So there's a real sort of window of opportunity here. It's a window of opportunity to recognize what's been going on beneath the surface of your relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. And to really commit to what you are willing to hold yourself accountable for in your bonds. Mm -hmm. What is my responsibility and what is their responsibility? We need to have some sort of interaction here that is going to define or redefine what it means for us to be in a bond together. As this is occurring on Wednesday, December 6th, that is when the energy really starts to culminate because Mm. that is when Neptune, the god of fresh water in the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition ends its retrograde transit in Pisces, the Mm. sign that it rules. Mm. So we were just talking about Saturn in Pisces. At the other end of the sign is Neptune in Pisces. Before you move on, could you clarify what you mean by other end of the sign? So there's 30 degrees in every sign. It starts at zero. It ends at 29. Saturn 
is at one degree in Pisces. That's why when Venus moves into Scorpio at zero degrees, it forms a trine with Saturn in Pisces at one degree because they're in the early part of the sign. Mm -hmm. At the other end of the sign at 24 degrees is Neptune. So it's 23 degrees away from Saturn. They're in the same sign, mm -hmm. but they're 23 degrees away. Right. So just to help you understand like the distance of 23 degrees, it takes the sun 23 days to move 23 degrees. Mm. I mean, it takes Saturn two years. Right, because it moves <laughs> yeah. at a different pace. It's taken Neptune 12 years to get here to 24 degrees. Though Neptune has been at 24 degrees for some time. And I, I want to mention these dates for those of you that are interested in looking at your own astrological code and, and want to have more of a personal understanding of how this energy is relating to you. Look at what key points or planets are at 24 degrees in water signs, earth signs, or mutable signs? Because Pisces is mutable, so it forms a strong aspect to all the mutable signs in addition to itself. There's Gemini, Virgo, and Sagittarius. The water signs, as we said earlier, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, the earth signs, Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. These are the signs that make the strongest aspect to Pisces. If you have key points or planets at or near to 24 degrees in water signs, earth signs, or mutable signs, then it's aligning strongly with this Neptune in Pisces. And this is important because this indicates where you are reimagining the dream. Wherever Neptune goes, it's reimagining the dream. So it's transiting through Pisces. We're all reimagining what is happening within our unconscious, within our dream world. Our dream world has been opened up. The veil has been thinned hmm. since 2011, 2012. That's why we've seen a rise in the opioid epidemic since then. A, an insane amount of Marvel superhero movies or Star Wars movies. Video games more prominent. Cannabis being legalized. All of this, these are all elements that represent the unconscious realm. Mm -hmm. Escapism. That's what Pisces is about. Netflix and chill, binge watching. These are phrases that didn't exist before mm -hmm. 2012. Well, and the paradox is that you can't escape yourself. You can't. You can't escape your unconscious because Neptune's a slower moving planet, Neptune has been at the same degree that it's at today, which is, we're talking about December 6th, Wednesday. It was at this exact same degree and foot, 24 degrees and 53 feet. There's 60 feet in every degree. Hmm. Neptune was at this exact same place on May 14th of 2022, August 13th of 2022, March 13th of this year, 2023, November 27th of 2023. Hmm. Neptune has been at 24 degrees, just like the whole degree, all the feet. 
because mm. it was 60 feet and a degree. From April 13th to May 18th of 2022, August 8th to September 17th of 2022, February 13th to March 12th of 2023, and mm. November 16th to December 25th of this year, 2023. Mm. So if you're someone who has a key point or planet at or 20 at 24 degrees and in water sign earth sign or mutable sign these are the dates that this energy has been most strongly felt mm -hmm. towards you an example of that is like a venus let's say if you were born with venus at 24 degrees in gemini then all those dates that I listed are periods where you are maybe being pushed in a very uncomfortable way to reimagine what relationships mean to you, what partnership means to you, hmm. and how to communicate your inner world, your inner thoughts in your relationships. Hmm. The Neptune transits are especially interesting to me. Tell me why. In terms of our evolution as human beings and the energy of the the planet itself, planet Earth, and how we're evolving, I think of all of these transits as moving us towards greater awareness, greater healing, new ways of relating to one another, each new cycle as you mentioned, this cleansing, clearing quality. But the Neptune energy in particular, I think from a, a Jungian or depth lens in particular, is helping us achieve a greater sense of wholeness. And wholeness is essentially the process of making what is unconscious conscious. Mm. So you're what you are aware of becomes greater. So it's interesting to think about how... What you are aware of come, becomes greater. Yes. Yeah, okay. So when you start to become aware of your dreams or your fantasies or the shadow elements that live within your unconscious, mm -hmm. you're becoming aware of parts of yourself that you were not aware of before. So your awareness becomes greater and that is what wholeness is is around its growth around what you're aware of in simple terms and when you're saying aware of though it's like becoming aware of your unconscious becoming aware of the inner thoughts that exist within you that maybe you weren't aware of until you had a dream and then you realize that Maybe there is something that you're feeling that you didn't realize you were feeling before. Yes. And also, I mean, I think so much of this depends on where you are in your personal journey, but also your unique astrological code as to whether or not diving into your unconscious is something that you're really here to do on a deeper level. I mm -hmm. think that some of us are. Certainly people who are drawn to Jungian psychology, people who are drawn to astrology, I would say are here to do that deeper work. But there are people on this planet who 
That's not what they're here for per se. But one example may be to highlight, I think what wholeness means in a, to use an example would be like thinking of a house. You have all these rooms in your house Mm -hmm. where the light shines, where the sun comes in through the window. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in our living room. We are aware of what's in our living room. This is our conscious mind. We can see it. We can look around and name the objects in the room. And we're in the room Mm -hmm. when we're awake. But we also have, we have a garage. You know, we have closets where the door is closed and there's no light of day. Mm. So the concept of wholeness is recognizing that the contents of what's in the closet affects the whole house, even though you can't see it. It's affecting the house. (laughs) Which when you think about it in those terms, it makes sense. Oh, it's in the house. In this analogy, the house would be your psyche. The living room, we said, is your conscious mind Mm -hmm. or any room, you know, where there's the light of day. And then these parts of the house that are, you know, maybe it's that like trap door that leads to the attic or like in our house, you know, we have all these little, there's like that little trap door to the basement and the closet, mm-hmm. you know, that is all symbolic of our unconscious stuff that's affecting us. Mm. You know, another way I think of it too is, you know, for those of us who have smartphones, you have the app that's running in the background, draining your battery affecting the use your ability to use your phone but you're not necessarily conscious of it because you're not actively using that Mm -hmm. application for example great analogies so wholeness yeah is increasing your awareness of what it is that is contributing to your human experience what's in the closet yeah yeah so the psyche is the house the conscious is the living room or the room with the lights and the unconscious is the attic, the basement, the closets. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why doing dream work is so important because doing dream work is like energetically spending time in those closets, mm-hmm. spending time in the rooms where there's no light. But when you're dreaming, you're asleep. So right. you're you're literally unconscious. Hmm. yourself when you're asleep well and this neptune transiting through pisces is bringing a greater sensitivity to our unconscious it's making us more aware Mm -hmm. of not only our unconscious but like the collective unconscious i think absolutely and that's a great point we have our individual unconscious which would be what's in our closet, personal closets, Mm -hmm. but we also have collective unconscious material, Mm -hmm. which I would say there's some overlap there, certainly. Um, But what's in the collective unconscious is heavy. (laughs) There's heavy Mm -hmm. stuff in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where you can end up with unconscious bias towards, you know, that could show up as racism, you know, where you feel an unconscious bias towards someone or something or a group of people, you know, and you don't have personal experience with it. You're like, why do I feel like I don't 
like them Mm. or like, what is that? That's the influence of the collective unconscious that's influencing your individual unconscious. Would you say that because of the influence of the collective unconscious is why one of the reasons why people would want to be escaping so much? Because when you're carrying the weight of of what everybody else is feeling and thinking. Absolutely. It's like your neighbors showing up and being like, can I store a bunch of my garbage in your <laughs> closet? Because <laughs> you make some room in there. Totally. And you're like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm full of my own stuff here. Mm-hmm. But the collective unconscious is influence you and influencing you in the sense where you can't say no. Mm-hmm. It's sort of... Um, I th- it's like the nutrients in the soil or it's like the minerals in the water. Like it, it is affecting you. You can't say yes or no. You can't say yes or no, but that's also why you want to escape because it's like, I, I can't say no to the neighbor bringing all their junk and st- stuffing it in my closet. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to look the other way yeah, and watch a Marvel I, movie. <laughs> exactly. How do I ignore that this is happening? Yeah. Yes. But alternatively, it's kind of interesting to think about how allowing yourself the the opportunity to escape, mm-hmm. you know, through music, through movies. Because it's it, important to do that sometimes, right? It's important to give yourself a break. And even through the use of some substances in a healthy way, you know, plant medicines or other herbs or, mm-hmm. and even how, you know, engaging in that escapism in ways that are intentional can bring rewards. Mm-hmm. So an example of that could be engaging with plant medicine where you're going, you're choosing to escape for the purpose of bringing back some sort of information that you're wanting to integrate. Hmm. You know, and you could you could listen to a beautiful piece of music or watch a fa- you know, a fantasy film mm-hmm. and you know, you can escape in the sense where it's numbing you out and it's putting you in sort of a freeze state, which I would say is less beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um or you could be engaging with escapism contents, you know, and material in a way that's actually inspiring you to bring more of those qualities into your consciousness, like into your waking life. Mm. Like, oh, I'm so inspired by this piece of music. I, w- I realize I want to learn how to play an instrument. Right. Wow. So it's all about how, you know, as you love to say, it's all about how you're working with the mm-hmm. energy. So escapism you know, I think we think of it um, that, that it's always problematic, yeah. but I think it's like anything else where what is the intention with which you are engaging with whatever that thing is? Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, music, like I listen to like some certain classical music or, or even like deep house music, like certain songs, like, and I've got my headphones on. I find myself just, 
Hmm. It's healing for yeah, you. Yeah. I'm just like, I, <laughs> I don't know really always what's going on in my mind because I'm usually like working on something else while I'm listening to the music, but something is happening in my unconscious and I just let out these deep sighs. It feels like I'm healing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I've so, heard you do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, is everything okay in there? <laughs> yes. So, you know, Neptune's a slow moving planet. It, it's giving us plenty of time or it's been giving us plenty of time to really get within ourselves and, and find that inner healing facing the demons that are carrying our psychological baggage, the guilt, the shame, the regret, the blame. And being able to show ourselves compassion so we can integrate these thought patterns and memories with understanding, forgiveness, and love for ourselves. Hmm. So Neptune, it's at 24 degrees. You know, it moved into its retrograde shadow at 27 degrees on June 30th. It doesn't move out of its retrograde shadow until March 26th Hmm. of 2024. So on March 26, 2024, Neptune will be at the exact same degree and foot that it was at on June 30th of 2023. This is this like wide swath of like 24, 25, 26, 27 degrees mm-hmm. in your chart, in water, earth, or mutable signs that Neptune is facilitating healing. Mm. So this is starting on, you said Wednesday Wednesday, and going all the way into March. From Wednesday until March, Neptune is crossing over the same territory that it was at from June 30th to December 6th. Mm. So from June 30th to December 6th, Neptune scrolled back from 27 to 24, mm-hmm. from December 6th to March 26th of next year, Neptune moves forward from 24 to 27. Mm-hmm. So it's very thorough in combing over these areas. And I think like we said on an earlier episode, it's like these things tend to happen in threes. And it's like the first time it's, oh my God, what is happening? Mm-hmm. The second time is like, okay, this is happening. The third time is... I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I've been through it. And now I'm ready to move beyond this lesson. Mm. Should we move on to the fourth transit of the week? Yes, remind us. The fourth transit for the week that we're discussing is occurring concurrently with this Neptune energy. It happens on the same day. It begins on the same day as Neptune moving direct in Pisces. And that's the sun in Sagittarius forming a trine, which is a supportive aspect, with Chiron retrograde in Aries. The sun is the giver of light, life, and vitality. Sagittarius is the mutable fire sign symbolized by the archer, representing adventure, exploration, freedom, spirituality, higher learning, travel. Chiron is in some ways associated with Sagittarius Hmm. because Chiron was a centaur, half man, half horse, half brother of Zeus. Chiron was a great warrior, a great scholar, 
and a teacher to many other great warriors, including Achilles, Jason, and Hercules. Chiron was wounded by Hercules with the poison spear. From that wound, Chiron could not be healed because he was poisoned, but he also couldn't die because he was a god. And so in his eternal suffering, he remembered Prometheus, who had been chained to a rock next to the oceans for the waves to break against his body and the birds to peck upon his flesh for eternity as punishment by Zeus for stealing fire from the gods to give to the humans. Hmm. Chiron, in his infinite wisdom, remembered Prometheus and said, we both don't need to suffer. I will accept his punishment. And in doing so, Zeus was so moved by his brother's act of compassion that he eased his suffering by transforming him into the constellation of Sagittarius, which is symbolized by the centaur, which you see the centaur has always got the bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. So it's the archer. So the sun is transiting through Sagittarius, aligning with Chiron, which was turned into Sagittarius. Chiron is transiting through Aries, the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram, hmm. which represents facing our insecurities, facing the wound to our self-confidence, self-love. Well, that story really, and I've heard you tell that story so many times, but something just landed a little differently for me. Hmm. And I think it's, it's paralleled in what you just said about this this Chiron energy is about facing your wound, but what allows you to heal from the wound is by facing it. Mm -hmm. So in totally. the in the story, <laughs> Chiron rescues Prometheus or takes on additional suffering, he, which yeah, is probably yes. something he feared. Mm -hmm. And because he was willing to do that to face the suffering he then was given relief. Yes, exactly. It's a paradox that taking on more suffering <laughs> is what relieves suffering. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> totally. It doesn't sound like a really great invitation, but it's uh, interesting to consider what we can learn from that story. Yes, this is an example that has been copied or reused in countless stories. The simplest example is like the war movie where one of the characters is wounded, mortally wounded. And the fellow comrades or soldiers that the wounded character is with are being pursued by the enemy. Hmm. And the wounded character says, you go on. I'll stay behind and hold off the enemy. It's certain death. Like the character who's wounded knows that there's no way that he's going to be able to hold off the enemy. The mm -hmm. enemy is going to overtake him, but he will slow the enemy. It's like we just saw that in the movie, uh, The Hunger Games. Yeah. The fourth one mm -hmm. where... Finnick. 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 Remember how he dies? Yeah. He's kind of bringing up the rear. Yeah. He's holding mm -hmm. off the enemy. Yeah. So that Katniss and everyone else can get away from the enemy. 
But in doing so, he sacrifices his own life. Mm. And that brings him peace because he's no longer suffering. You know, it's like the wounded soldier is going to die anyway and is in terrible pain. But if the wounded soldier can fight off the enemy long enough to save the rest of their friends hmm. that are being pursued, then not only will he help them be saved, but he will also end his suffering through death. Hmm. Very powerful. Yes. So tell us about how is this Sagittarius energy relating with Aries? They're both fire signs. Mm -hmm. Aries is cardinal fire. Sagittarius, mutable fire. Aries initiates the fire. Sagittarius spreads the fire. Aries is about authenticity. Mm. Sagittarius is about honesty. When I think of Aries being the spark, it starts the fire. The archer takes the fire on the arrow, pulls back, mm. and spreads the fire towards the enemy. So maybe a more positive way to look at it is like spreading the truth. Mm. So mm -hmm. Chiron and Aries, if you're able to face your fears, acknowledge your insecurities... Like you were saying, you in order to heal the wound, you have to face the wound. If you have a cut on your leg and you need to put some hydrogen peroxide on it, you're going to be looking at it in order to know where to put the medicine, <laughs> right? Right. So it's about facing and acknowledging the insecurities, the fears, running towards your fears rather than away from them so that you have the courage to be authentic. That's mm -hmm. Aries. When you have the courage to be authentic... Now you have the ability to be honest, to be truthful, to truly connect to a higher power, to spirit. Hmm. The sun is exalted in Aries. So Chiron has a relationship with Sagittarius because Chiron was transformed into Sagittarius. The sun is exalted in Aries. So not only are we working with two fire signs that are very expressive, energetic, extroverted, hmm. but the two planets, the two pieces that we're talking about have a relationship with either sign that empowers them. So there is so much energy here when you have what we talked about in the beginning of the week with Venus and Scorpio and Saturn in Pisces and then Neptune in Pisces, working with the unconscious and having the courage to bond and be intimate and be vulnerable. In order to do that, you need to face your fears and insecurities. And in facing your fears and insecurities, be truthful and honest and direct hmm. about who you are and what you want from the ones that you're bonded to. So you said this will start Wednesday? Yes. It okay. begins Wednesday, and it continues most strongly Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. So there's sort of this deep deep dive energy 
like this watery invitation the first mm-hmm. part of the week mm-hmm. and then it shifts into this fiery transmission around yeah courage and truth telling exactly exactly so then also on wednesday we have mercury in capricorn trying jupiter retrograde in Taurus at six degrees, mm-hmm. and that will be most strongly felt Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yes. So this is happening at the same time concurrently mm-hmm. with this Sun in Sagittarius, Chiron in Aries, is Mercury in Capricorn forming another trine. So there's a trine happening between the sun in Sagittarius and Chiron in Aries, which is a supportive aspect. It's fire and fire. This mm-hmm. one is an earth and earth connection with the planetary ruler of Sagittarius, Jupiter, transiting through Taurus, the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull, and Mercury, the messenger of the gods, guide of souls to the underworld, the planet of consciousness, communication, and coordination in the cardinal earth sign symbolized by the goat Capricorn. Hmm. So what would you say this is, I guess this earth energy is, what would you say it's bringing us in terms of the work that we're being asked to do this week? What it's bringing us is the ground. Hmm. You know, the first part of the week, we've talked about three planets in two water signs in two planets and two fire signs. This is two planets and two earth signs. So this is the energy that is solidifying our foundation, bringing us down from the ether and into reality. Hmm. But it's happening at the same time that we're being asked to express ourselves. So it's almost, I guess, it's providing the literal ground to stand on. Like when you build a campfire, you need the to earth. build it on the earth. <laughs> so I guess yes. that's how to make sense of how, maybe why they're happening at the same time. Yes. Fire isn't an idea, but fire only burns when it has something to burn. Burn up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So think of Mercury, the messenger, the planet of communication in Capricorn, Cardinal Earth. Cardinal is to initiate. Earth is practicality. Mm -hmm. The goat wants to ascend from the valley to the top of the mountain. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, the planet that we talked about earlier in the week, which is transiting through Pisces. Saturn is authority, responsibility, accountability. If you're going to be confident, if you're going to be authentic, what is the practicality behind that? What is it that you are an authority in? Where are you an authority in your life? It could be as simple as, I'm an authority of Scott Tajarian. I know who Scott Tajarian is. So I'm going to speak from my perspective, my knowledge. Mm -hmm. I was thinking too, it's giving you authority over relating to your wound. Hmm, that you have that experience. That no one, yeah, no one else can see your wound yes. This or experience it the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. So in order to face it, you have to recognize the authority that you have to do that. 
Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So being able to speak from that position of authority in terms of who you are, what it is you want, what you want to achieve, where you've come from, mm-hmm. what you've experienced. The connection to Jupiter, Taurus is fixed. That's creating stability. Earth, which is that practicality. Taurus is ruled by Venus, one of the planets that we talked about earlier in the week. So you see how they all kind of connect together. We were talking about Venus and Saturn earlier in the week, and now we're talking about the two signs that they rule. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Jupiter, which is the planetary ruler of Pisces, a sign that we talked about earlier in the week. It's also the planetary ruler of Sagittarius. So Jupiter brings that sense of optimism, but also extravagance. It's giving us an expanded look at our self-worth and what we value. So how can I communicate from a place of authority based on my sense of truth in terms of what I value, Hmm. what's important to me? When you have a strong sense of values, that comes from having confidence and courage in being authentic. Absolutely. So this is another gift Mm -hmm. this week. From Wednesday to Saturday, we're being given this opportunity to speak from a place of authority Mm -hmm. based on our self-worth and what we value. But also, when when you're speaking from that place of authority, you also have to have the confidence and courage to listen from that place of authority as well. Hmm. Well, and that brings us back to the energy at the beginning of the week that's inviting us to trust our intuition. Yes. To really practice that internal communication with ourselves. And that's where authority comes from. Like if you trust your intuition, Mm. then you have a greater appreciation for your own authority. Absolutely. So our final aspect for the week again includes Jupiter and also Venus, which was the first planet that we talked about this week. Hmm. Venus transiting through Scorpio is now moved six degrees from Monday to the end of the week. This aspect is most strongly felt on Friday, December 8th, Saturday the 9th, and Sunday the 10th. Venus, as we said, is the planetary ruler of Taurus, where Jupiter is. We talked about early on how these are the two signs that represent money. Taurus is my money. Scorpio is the money that we share with other people. The energy that we share. Money's energy. Hmm. So as we're taking this expanded look at our self-worth and our values, and we're integrating that awareness of who we are, what we value, what we're worth, connecting that to our bonds. Hmm. Am I being valued by the person that I'm bonded to? Hmm. Am I valuing the person that I'm bonded to? Am I respecting their self-worth? Are they respecting my self-worth? So this is bringing us back to that Scorpio energy at the beginning of the week. Exactly. This is, you know, how it it's each week is like a song mm-hmm. and you have the beginning, the bridge and the end. 
And the bridge this week is that fire energy. Mm -hmm. It stands out from the beginning and end of the week. You know, if you listen to a song, there's the beginning, there's the bridge, and there's the end. And the beginning sounds like the end. That's where they bring it back to the melody. But the bridge, the middle part, is where the song changes. It's like this interlude. Hmm. It's like a, like a Grateful Dead song where, you know, they're playing a song and then they go off and they solo for 15 minutes. And then they come <laughs> back to the original melody. And you're like, oh, this was the song they were playing. All right. Love it. So the beginning of the week was that water energy. Mm-hmm of Scorpio and Pisces. The bridge, the middle of the week, is that fire energy of Aries and Sagittarius. And then as we get to the end, it's earth and water. Mm -hmm. We bring back the Scorpio. We bring back Venus and Scorpio. So it began with Venus aligning with Saturn, which is, this is what I need from you. This is what I'm willing to give. I'm going to hold myself responsible for this aspect of the relationship. This is my role. But I need you to pick up your end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. By the end of the week, if we've done that work, hopefully we're feeling elevated and valued, appreciated. Yeah, we've cleansed in our relationships and so we can then consider what is the value of what is left over so you've cleansed yourself from the from the aspects of the relationship that were draining you mm -hmm. and reconnected or maybe brought in some new elements where you truly feel valued and appreciated mm -hmm. it's almost like you cleared space mm -hmm. and then you can determine what you would like to bring in in, that was in the place of whatever was cleared. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I imagine you're doing that from a place of, well, what else would I value experiencing in this relationship? Mm. Yes. Okay. So that's the week. Let's move on to questions. Okay. Great. Shalia Andres asks, how should I work with the energy when the North Node is in Aries, but my natal North Node is in Libra? in the fifth house and my south node in Aries in the 11th house. The fifth house energy where the south node is, is that queen energy. So Shalia is like, was a queen in her past life. I like to say uh, a very charming queen, somebody who is very focused on relationships, very focused on the king. In this life though, she needs to focus on herself she needs to focus on herself within the group construct because that's the 11th house. Hmm. The 11th house is associated with the 11th sign, which is Aquarius. This is the house of friendship. Shalia, I would ask you, how can you be more courageous in your community? Are you authentic within your community? Are you a leader within your community? And a community could be any group construct, it's a social network, a social cause, something that you're involved in where you are contributing something that is unique to you, but it's benefiting the group, mm -hmm. but also yourself. Like you're getting something out of it too. So you also want to ask yourself, like, what am I getting out of 
engagement in this group, in this community. Absolutely. And one, I think too, what's interesting, I, I don't know if I heard this from you or who said this, but I've heard this perspective that the community is made up of individuals. And I think this is an interesting kind of a higher consciousness way of thinking of community because the shadow side of community is where everyone has to be alike to be a part of the community. And the higher expression is, no, actually, the more individualized every person is, the the better the community. Exactly. The more interesting, the more dynamic, the more diverse. You know, everyone is bringing their own unique piece. Mm-hmm. Um or I've, I've heard you use this example before of a potluck mm-hmm. where everyone is bringing a different dish. If everyone shows up to the potluck with green beans, <laughs> yikes! it's, it's not going to be that interesting. No. Right. Right. So I think Shalia might have the experience of using that potluck analogy, really wanting to bring a dish that everyone else is going to enjoy. Mm. And what is it that the group, you know, would enjoy? And to reframe that with this Aries energy, Aries North Node in the 11th house, the group is going to enjoy what you enjoy. Yes. The right group. The right group. If you show exactly. up to the potluck with a, with a dish and nobody likes it, bounce out. It's not your That's group. That's not your group. It's not your exactly. group. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so you might have had experiences that are feeding your south node in this sense of, well, I was rejected for bringing what I wanted, so I learned I learned this lesson, you know, that I have to do what the group wants. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that, that if you're bringing authentically what you want to bring to the potluck and it's not received... It's just not your group. Exactly. You're at the wrong potluck. You're at the wrong potluck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get back in your car. <laughs> yes. But you need to be at a potluck mm-hmm. for sure because that's what the 11th house energy is. I think we're in a process collectively, though, of reframing what it means to be in community, mm-hmm. in healthy community. And so Shalia is really, I think, one of the leaders in helping us understand that and helping to spread that message, mm-hmm. helping to spread that awareness. Yes. Thanks, Shalia. Thank you. Our next question, Manuel asks, how much of an impact does Chiron, Leo third house, and North Node Sagittarius seventh house retrograde have on my chart? No planets are contained in these houses. So Manuel was born with the North Node in Sagittarius in the seventh house and Chiron in Leo in the third house. It all is impactful. What that means for you, Manuel, is Chiron in Leo in the third house means that you have a wound to your heart and the connection of your heart to your mind, your ability to maybe communicate from your heart or ask questions from your heart to be bold in the expression of your mind but you also have ancient wisdom there that's chiron mm-hmm. now the sagittarius north node in the seventh house sagittarius north node means that you need to be more more about speaking your truth and less about asking the questions 
It's mm. important for you to share your wisdom, your knowledge. You have you have great wisdom through your experiences, through your life. You're here to develop a channel, to open your channel, to connect to God, the universe, whatever higher power you believe in. And if you don't believe in one, then you need to find the faith to believe in one because that's what Sagittarius is about. It's about faith. Mm. So this is an aspect of your soul that needs to develop through relationships. So you need to be in relationship and it's through being in these relationships that you will learn to speak your truth. That's where you need to learn to speak your truth. That's where you need to learn to cultivate faith and cultivate a spiritual relationship is through relationships with other people. Mm. And these would be relationships, maybe with those who are asking you questions. And, yes. And giving you an opportunity to be in that Sagittarius frequency. Yes. Like we just said with, Shalia, if you're showing up the way that you're meant to in your north node frequency, either the the community has to be the right community or it has to be the right relationship that's going to help you help you step into that frequency. Exactly. So being yeah, being in partnerships, being with coworkers, being in business with those who are asking questions will give you a chance to kind of fill that space. Yes, being in a relationship with people that want to learn from you. Yeah. That want to ask you those questions because they want to learn from you. They recognize and appreciate the wisdom that you possess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an indicator of whether or not you're on the right path or whether or not you're in a relationship that is going to help you reach this north node energy mm -hmm. and of course all your relationships might not be doing that in the moment but there is an opportunity for you to shift those relationships as well through what it is you're bringing so it's kind of a with the north node in the seventh house kind of a mix between you might be seeking new relationships that are already supporting you to reach the north node but in your existing relationships say with you know, family, family members, for example, these are relationships you'll always likely always have. There are ways for you to start stepping into, you know, that experience of speaking your truth and allowing other others to to meet you there, inviting them to meet you there in a way that might be new for the relationship. Inviting them to meet you there. Mm hmm. Tell me more about that. How do you invite someone to meet you? I think you quite <laughs> literally invite them. <laughs> hey, this is something I'm stepping into. Uh -huh. This is a quality that I would like to cultivate within myself. I love that. And in order for me to cultivate it, I would like to invite you to engage with me and this is what that this is what it could look like. Yes, okay, cool. Yeah, you could you know, ask me more questions. I feel like I have things to share with you that would really help me evolve. Mm. I have some wisdom I'm ready to step into 
And would you be willing to allow me to do that by asking me questions and helping helping to create some space for me to step into my power? Mm. Love it. So what do you want to share with us, Manuel? Because Manuel's asked quite a few <laughs> questions. <laughs> yes. Like, unless this is a different Manuel, I feel like this is maybe the third question, Manuel's. And we appreciate your questions so Always. much. Always, yes. But, you know, what? what is the wisdom that you want to share with us? Yes, we'd love, we'd love to know. Yes. So our last question is, we're actually combining two questions, um, which we received two questions last week about, our Mercury signs, yeah, which is a cool synchronicity. And just to say in general, I think this is something we're tuning into is how much will Scott and I be sharing about our personal astrology and kind of what is the balance of what feels good to do because the podcast really isn't about us. Mm. Um, but giving some insight about us, you know, if that's helpful and interesting to the listeners, that's something that we can consider. Yeah. So this is, I guess, an invitation into that. So two questions came in, one from Nisalame and the Space Bambi. Nisalame says, I'm absolutely in love with this rebirth of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nisalame. Out of sheer curiosity, what are both of your Mercury signs? Sending all the best. And then the Space Bambi um, has asked us a couple specific questions about our Mercury placements. So Nisalame will be answering your question via the Space Bambi's question. <laughs> <laughs> the Space Bambi asks, what are each of your Mercury placements and how do each of you interpret the other's placements in three words, Max? Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. So... Gabriella is a Libra in Mercury, and I would describe that as graceful, fair-minded, and charming. Mm. Scott is has Mercury in Scorpio, and I would describe that in three words as intense, penetrating, and deep. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're learning things about each other, Space Bambi. <laughs> no, I know um, that. That's a good, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Um, and then the second part of that question is, where is Mercury now when you are recording? And how do you each interpret that placement in three words? So right now, Mercury is in Sagittarius. Yep. And I would describe... Mercury and Sagittarius as liberated, truthful, and precise. And I would describe Mercury and Sagittarius as blunt, honest, and opinionated. Mm. Mm-hmm. So really that extroverted energy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And then actually this is a three-part question. Um, this is the last part. As someone new to astrology, how can I figure out my own three-word description of my Mercury placement. Well, you want to think about the characteristics of the sign that Mercury's in. Mm -hmm. Think of three key words. Like we just said, I said Sagittarius is blunt, honest, opinionated. 
that's 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 the energy of Sagittarius. So mm -hmm. you add the Mercury piece, and it's a blunt, honest, opinionated communicator or thinker. Because mm. Mercury is communication, it's the mind. Gabriella described Scorpio as intense, penetrating, and deep. Intense, penetrating, and deep. So I'm an intense, penetrating, and deep thinker and communicator. Hmm. Gabriella, as a Libra, Mercury and Libra, is somebody who is a graceful, fair-minded, and charming communicator or thinker. So you just hmm. take the piece, which is Mercury, communication, thought, conscious thought, the mind, and add that. That's the energy that is filtered by the sign and the energy of the sign is give three characteristics. So Mercury, as we talked about in this episode and in the last episode, because in a couple of days, Mercury from right now that we're recording, Mercury is transiting into Capricorn. By the time you're listening to this, Mercury will be in Capricorn. And we might have touched on this when we were talking about Mercury and Capricorn. It's mm. about responsibility, accountability, authority. Mm -hmm. So when you're communicating, someone who was born with Mercury in Capricorn or when Mercury is transiting through Capricorn, we are all being influenced by the energy of Mercury in Capricorn, which mm -hmm. means that we are all being called to be accountable in the words that we're choosing, responsible in what we're communicating, and speaking from that place of authority. Mm -hmm. That's the energy of Capricorn mm -hmm. filtering the energy of Mercury. Mm -hmm. So whatever the qualities are associated with the sign that Mercury is in indicate the kind of mental functioning that you experience and then how you communicate that. Yes. Exactly. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much Thank for you so much. listening. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Weekly Transit. If you're curious to learn how these transits or any others may be affecting you, or if you're interested in learning more about your astrological code, contact me for a reading at theweeklytransit.com. If you're interested in delving into the world of psychotherapy with Gabriella, you can connect with her at innervisionpsychotherapy.com. Wishing you all the best as you ride the planetary waves.